If we are serious about this quintuple aim, right, this lofty goal of improved health outcomes at lower cost with better experiences for our patients, all of that in an environment of equity and physician well-being, then we really need a shift in health and healthcare. Because what I see is that patients are disenchanted with healthcare. They don't feel that their physicians have time for them. They don't feel heard. And I see physicians leaving healthcare because the system is really not conducive to either group. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, co-host of the podcast and lead coach at Doc Working. And as always, this is brought to you by Doc Working Thrive. Go to docworking.com today to find out how we can support you as a physician and healthcare professional on your road to thriving. Today, you're in for a treat. We are joined by Dr. Iris Shriver. She is a certified lifestyle medicine physician who also specializes in clinical pathology and molecular genetics. She's an adjunct clinical professor of pathology at Stanford University School of Medicine and a past president of the Association for Molecular Pathology. She served as medical director for a uh, volunteers in medicine organization because she believes that healthcare is a basic human right. Together with her husband, an astrophysicist, she wrote Living with the Stars, a popular science book about connections between the human Human body and the universe. And more recently, she has written On the Path to Health, Well Being, and Fulfillment to Your Health. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is your most recent book, Dr. Shriver, and how that can help support the work that so many of our physician and healthcare professional listeners are doing. So thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm delighted to be here, Jill. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your personal journey and what led you to write this most recent book. Yeah, so I, um, I'm originally from the Netherlands and eventually I came to Stanford to be trained in clinical molecular genetics, ultimately also in clinical pathology, which is laboratory medicine. And I became a faculty member in the pathology department where my main purpose was to direct the diagnostic molecular genetic pathology lab where we diagnosed inherited genetic diseases and provided diagnosis, prognosis, therapy predictions, and minimal residual disease testing in acquired genetic disorders in cancers. And I've had a long and rewarding career there, but eventually my husband and I decided together to step away and to pursue new adventures. So we moved from California to Oregon and, you know, as a physician, um, you have so many different possibilities to make a difference, right? So I became involved in this free clinic and ultimately became its medical director. I also discovered lifestyle medicine and I was so impressed with its urgency and with the science behind it that I decided to become certified in it myself. So that was a newfound love. And I finally had time to write my book on the path to health, well-being, and fulfillment. And it may seem ironic that a pathologist writes a book on health and well-being, but I do think that we see a shift in medicine where, of course, we still need to diagnose diseases and take care of our patients. But there's also a greater interest now in prevention and in optimizing health, in looking what serves our patients best and us in that setting and and to not just look at what's wrong with patients 
So let's back up a little bit because it's really become more common. The understanding of what lifestyle medicine is and the practice of lifestyle medicine has has become more widespread over the last few years. But I'm not sure all physicians or all healthcare professionals are totally familiar with what we're talking about when we talk about the discipline of lifestyle medicine. So can you give us kind of in broad strokes what that definition is and what it means to be a lifestyle medicine practitioner? So lifestyle medicine is the medical specialty that uses evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic interventions as a primary approach to prevent, treat, and actually often reverse the conditions that cause the most disease and death in our time. And it does that by addressing the root causes. So so often in medicine, we're managing disease, but this actually looks at the whole person and enables people to adopt and sustain healthy lifestyles so that we can get back to an, an area of health restoration where we can actually really feed that energy and vitality that we all so often miss. And that has a ripple effect because we're treating our patients and their families, but this also you know, has a positive effect on their communities and certainly also on healthcare providers and healthcare leaders themselves. Now, lifestyle medicine has six pillars, and maybe I can go through those real quick. The first pillar is an emphasis on a whole foods, plant-strong way of eating. Uh, Because that way of eating is supported by science to be just very uh, conducive to optimizing health and longevity. Then also the second pillar is optimizing and individualizing physical activity plans. Because that lifts mood, increases health and longevity as well. Then third, improving restful sleep. That's certainly something that we as physicians can use more of often. The fourth is stopping tobacco and other harmful substances. The fifth, making and maintaining good social relationships. That is so profoundly important. And then managing stress with healthy coping strategies. And that's the emphasis, healthy coping strategies. But as you well know, Managing stress increases resilience. It is not the same thing as thriving. But those pillars together can certainly help prevent burnout or address burnout when it has happened. And what I love about it the most is that this is solidly based on science. So let's talk a little bit about what are the factors that undermine either any of these six pillars or just generally health, well-being, and fulfillment for um, physicians and for healthcare providers in your experience. I know you write about that in the book. Yeah, I do. And, and you know, if we are serious about this quintuple aim, right, this lofty goal of improved health outcomes at lower cost with better experiences for our patients, all of that in an environment of equity and physician well-being, then we really need a shift in health and healthcare. Because what I see is that patients are disenchanted with healthcare. They don't feel that their physicians have time for them. They don't feel heard. And I see physicians leaving healthcare because the system is really not conducive to either group. So physicians are working under such high pressures. I mean, there's the workload, that's one, but also time pressures. And I describe in my book this anecdote of a study that shows that the mean time to interrupt 
by a physician when the patient comes to see them is 11 seconds. And of course, there's a wide range. It was a relatively small study. It's certainly not necessarily the norm, but it is telling, I think, that there is a reason why patients don't feel heard. And the problem then is that they seek sources where they do feel that people have time for them, where they do feel heard. And what they often don't realize is that they may be manipulated into trusting information that does more harm than good. And that's one of the problems. There are so many contradictions in information sources these days. And we as physicians also have trouble navigating that. And so how in lifestyle medicine, how do you navigate that? How do you make sure that what you are providing? So I hear you saying that the principle is, is listening to the patients more carefully so that you're, you're considering their whole health as part of the process and, and preventative health, um, looking for ways for preventative health. But how do you sort of sort through the, the morass of information that's there as it relates to all of these pillars? Um, I mean, sleep, everybody can agree we need more of. But and tobacco is not good for, but in terms of especially around diet, health, and some of the other mental health aspects of the pillars? Well, I think we need to go back to the art and science of medicine. And that is easily said and not so easily done because of those time pressures. And, um, you know, another example in my book is that statins are so widely used. For example, if I go back to our patients, then three out of four doctors' visits end up with a prescription. And in any given month, every second person takes a prescription medication. And if you look at national guidelines, then it's actually recommended in those guidelines that physicians discuss lifestyle changes with their patients first. But there is so little time and patients have come to expect a prescription when they go to the doctor that it is much easier for physicians to just write that prescription but ultimately, that really doesn't serve any of us. So what I would like to encourage physicians to do is to make small shifts. And you know, when we think about what can actually make a difference, I think about the six pillars of medicine and combining them with the principles of positive psychology. So let's say you want to make a change in exercising then you know we all have good intentions and that motivation is great and it's at the heart of any change and it it is something that needs to happen to get us going but in order to keep us going we need positive emotions and with positive emotions so positive health we can enforce the healthy habits that we try to establish and vice versa because those healthy habits actually generate positive emotions and that's often lost so then you get into a positive circle of really supporting our overall health and that's what i love about that combination yeah and that's that works well for people at least on the well side of the psychological scale as Martin Seligman and all of his colleagues have um, identified. But it also, I want to just add that, is a preventive uh, measure for burnout and also can reverse burnout once it has been, you know, once it's there. So you've talked beautifully about a lot of the amazing attributes of as a physician, a better understanding lifestyle medicine as a way to treat and support the health, wellness, and longevity of your patients. What I hear from so, so, so many of my physician clients, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in our small group sessions here at Doc Working, um, where we're supporting physicians, is yeah. 
there's this understanding of these six pillars and the data behind it and knowing how much healthier it can make patients, but they feel terrible because it doesn't feel like there's the time in their life that the system has sort of squeezed them out of being able to do what they want to do as it relates to their own personal health and wellness journey. So, how do you speak to physicians who are like, it's hard for me to preach at my, you know, and not that they're preaching, but to encourage my patients to do these six pillars when I know I'm not living that in my own life and it makes it hard for me to emphasize that for them? How do, how do you answer that? Yes, it is difficult. It is a challenge because I think the perception of busyness and of overwhelm is very real. You know, it's not something that is easy to solve because it is a systematic issue. And it is both because of our physician traits. You know, I think we all have a, this deep-seated value of prioritizing work no matter what. And there's this unspoken code of conduct that we need to show up for work and show up for our patients and do that at the detriment of showing up for ourselves. And of course, that's not the whole story, right? Um, research has now shown that it is in fact also institutions themselves that generate a system in which it is very difficult for physicians to thrive. So it, it, it really doesn't go back just to us as physicians. But what I would like to say to them directly is that there often is this misperception of all or nothing. And all or nothing works when you have a major health scare. You know, maybe then you become really motivated to throw your life around and to really look at all uh, that's going on. But I am a huge fan of baby steps. I think black and white thinking is generally not helpful and small steps can generate a remarkable shift and make a difference in health and health outcomes and our quality of life. And what we need most, perhaps, is compassion. Mm -hmm. We need compassion for others, certainly. We need compassion in the workplace because, you know, we need to give each other a break in order to have the time to be under the weather, you know, support each other in that sense. If the system doesn't support us, we need to wake up and support each other. But maybe most of all, we also need compassion for ourselves because that's where it really starts. And that's where you can really take a step back and say, which aspect of my own health needs a boost today? How can I thrive? Because when you establish that, when you take a short time to create that space to breathe, then you can actually really meaningfully make small, small changes one at a time. And it doesn't take that much time or effort to shift a little bit. And yet these little shifts can make a big difference over time. Yeah, I think that's such an important reminder. And I, I don't think we can say it enough here because we do know that when you're in an activated stress state as a human being, not just a healthcare professional or a physician, then you we are more likely to step into these maladaptive coping strategies. And one of them is that all or nothing thinking, as you described, or that black or white thinking, you know. Yeah. And the other thing is that we know that that physicians tend to ha have a higher than average sense of compassion and empathy toward other people, and also tend to have a much higher than average when psychologists have looked at um, at the way that they talk to themselves, they're very hyper self-critical. And so the way that I like to think of this often is 
the most compassionate way that you would reach out to a patient about making small changes in order to support their health and longevity because you care so deeply about them as humans, if we could turn that on ourselves and if physicians could turn that on themselves, I wonder how much easier it would be to make changes instead of that harsh inner critic telling them that they're lazy, that they just need to be more efficient, that they are or just rage against the machine of you know wishing things were different than they are. And I, I think I just really like how you stated that. It's no too small, no step is too small in this journey. No, and it is a journey. You know, I generally don't like the term, but um, but our life and our health, they are a journey. And our identity over a lifespan doesn't stay the same. But we need to be very careful as physicians that we don't just add years to life, but life to years. You know, we really want to be there for ourselves and be happy and feel good and support our own health in any phase of life so that we can do meaningful work. So for you personally, um, Dr. Schreiber, how has the both the study of lifestyle medicine and then integration of having a lifestyle medicine practice, how has it impacted your patients? What do you see happening with the people you work with? And how has it impacted your own life as an individual? Well, I'm currently setting up a lifestyle medicine service for that free clinic. So I haven't actually jumped into having this practice but I hear from so many people how important it is to have support in making these changes. And for me personally, I, th I think, you know, if you talk to talk, you have to walk the walk. And so it actually has been a great motivator for me personally to also have a good look at my health. And as a physician who has worked in nonprofit and academic medicine, I'm so impressed with the things that we can do in the sphere. I have this love of learning, this curiosity, and I've always looked at how I can do things better and how I can make things better for others and myself. And lifestyle medicine, I feel, is a very um, realistic way of, of doing that. Just because, you know, the perception of truth and validity and the perception of uh, what is real and what is science-based really affects our health and our happiness. And so it's it's working at that behavior in small steps that can really get us to thriving. So just a couple of final questions here. First of all, if, if a physician has not become certified as a lifestyle medicine practitioner, but hears this and says, you know, I know it's got to be more about helping to sustain longer term health for my physicians through these pillars that you talked about. Is it important for them to go study lifestyle medicine or get the certification before they integrate it into their practice? Or are there other ways that they can consider adding it as part of their medical practice in your experience? I would encourage anybody to check out the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. There are lots of free resources there. There are also many lifestyle medicine physicians and other lifestyle medicine professionals that physicians can collaborate with, that they can team up with. And I say that because on the one hand, yes, everybody can incorporate lifestyle medicine into their practice. Mm -hmm. However, if I think about the fact that more than 75% of medical schools don't teach even the minimum of recommended nutrition training, you know, then physicians have a long uh, way to go in terms of really being, being 
confident and being capable in conveying such aspects to their patients. So lifestyle medicine certification is added value. If a physician has an interest in that, they can find out more about it on the American College of Lifestyle Medicine website. But there are also many resources that they can use today. Yeah, thank you so much for that um, insight into that. And finally, if you wanted to inspire a physician who says, oh, I, I heard you talk about those six pillars. I hear about you talking about how important it is for prevention of burnout, but also other diseases to be thinking about incorporating these pillars more into my life. How would you inspire them to begin today to make a positive change in their life? I would inspire them by saying, take a moment Take a step back and ask yourself, how can I thrive? Which aspect of my own health can use a boost today? And what can I start with? What is a step in the right direction? I think we so often ask about our general health. You know, what, where does our food come from? For example, we think about our mental health, how, what makes me happy. We also need to think about our mind health, what nourishes our mind in the sense of, you know, what information can be trusted. We need to be discerning so that we as physicians also don't reach for things that are smoke and mirrors that are actually not helping us, but that actually help us make decisions that are based on science and nourish our well-being. So I would like to um, encourage physicians to take a pause, maybe to take some digital detox moment, you know, and, and just spend a few minutes, maybe a few minutes a day asking themselves this question. Thank you so much. If people want more information or want to find your new book to dive in a little more deeply to these principles, how can they do that? Yes. So they can find me on my website, lifestyleforhealthandwellness.com. And they can also email me, irismd at stanford.edu. On my website, there is a discount code for the book. The book is now out as a hardcover, but also as paperback. And I'm very excited to say that it's also available on Amazon as a Kindle. And that edition has just come out as well. So um, people can find On the Path to Health, Well-Being and Fulfillment right there. Dr. Iris Shriver, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this very important subject with us today. It was great having you. And thanks to all of you who tuned in. Please share this podcast with colleagues and friends who might benefit from it as well. And please go to docworking.com. We have all kinds of resources, including access to an incredible just minutes a week course that you can take to help you better process your stress and help you thrive. Until next time, for Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast, I'm Jill Farmer. Doc Working, we're here to help you maximize your potential on your own terms and help you live your best life. Top executives, athletes, actors all achieve greatness with the support of professional coaches. As a healthcare professional, you deserve ongoing coaching towards success in your career and in your life outside of work, helping you to balance and integrate work and life in the personalized way that is specific to you. At Doc Working, your success is defined by you, and our coaching programs help accelerate your path to get you there. And since our programs come with CME credit, you can let your CME budget help you to prioritize your own well-being. 
please check us out at docworking.com. And until next time, thank you for listening to Doc Working, the whole physician podcast. <laughs>